Some of this new technology, these new analytics, aren't necessarily making the game better. And some of this stuff that is new is ridiculously not better. Well, what a great way to start off our 2018 Game Theory and Money podcast season. And boy, are we excited to be back for a second year. Thank you to all of you who supported us along the way through, uh, well, 17 weeks of regular season foosball and, of course, the postseason run as well. What makes this podcast unique? Well, is the person whose voice you're not listening to right now. Cynthia, say something so they know you're alive, please. Money, I missed you. There we go. And, of course, I missed you as well. Cynthia is our big-brained predictive analytics expert, and she has got her own simulation that she runs some 10,000 times of every single game. Not 10,000 times in total for all the games in week one. No, 10,000 simulations of each and every single game. And once you average those 10,000 simulations out, she comes up with an exact score. And that's what makes this particular podcast one that you ought to listen to every single week. Cynthia, uh, welcome back. No doubt you've been running simulations for a long while. And I believe... You also ran simulations for the whole season in addition to week one, correct? You are darn right I did. And then I ran them again because Khalil Mack got traded in the middle of the night. And when Khalil Mack gets traded, well, you're going to have to run those simulations again (laughs) because there's going to be a Raiders-Bears Super Bowl. And now (laughs) only the Bears are going to be in there. So uh, we will get you Cynthia's division winners. We'll get you her Super Bowl prediction. And all of that is going to come after we get through the week one simulations. And just quickly, Cynthia, we obviously have some news. We're doing this. You're getting it first thing in the morning on Thursday and uh, still trying to sort out some injuries and whether or not players who are listed as day-to-day like Eric Berry for the Chiefs or people that aren't around right now like Le'Veon Bell specifically for the Steelers, how that is going to affect these games. And one of the great things about your simulations is that you can run it with or without players. And I certainly have run it with or without Bell. So I'm still on the positive bandwagon here that Bell will be back. And if that's the case, I have the Steelers winning a tight one, 24 to 23. And it's about 64.4% of the simulations. That's what happened. So for me, it got close because he didn't participate in preseason. Now he's, you can say he didn't do that last season either, but But you know what? He hasn't been there. They may have a playbook without him. I don't have him playing the full complement of carries that he will get even if he does show up. So big one there. And if he doesn't play, it gets even closer. In fact, and I can't believe I'm saying this on week one, I have an upset alert here for the Steelers if Left Bell doesn't play. Well, that actually, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's that big of a surprise. No, the team's complete. I mean, the the Browns are very significantly changed. So, no I mean, doubt. I mean, you got a lot of new players added there. You have a new quarterback, one that doesn't turn the ball over. You exactly. obviously have, yeah, I mean, Jarvis Landry, if Josh Gordon is going to play. I mean, there's a lot of different additions to a Browns team that went uh, winless last year. But also, I, I think in the case of, of Le'Veon Bell, and and we've heard it from multiple analysts and, and former players that they argue that he's more valuable offensively to that team than Antonio Brown. So you take him out of the mix, and of course you not only get rid of a runner, but kind of what his agent's been pressing for, and that's an offensive weapon, which is why he should be paid as one is what they're arguing, and not as just one of the elite running backs in the league. So you're telling me Brown's win in your simulation with no Le'Veon Bell. It's about, the certainty goes down a lot lower, like 51.2% 
100% if he's not playing. But yes, I do have the Bron- – I can't even – like it's kind of blowing my mind. But I do want to point out one thing, and I want to say about Lev Bell. The difference here is the ability to get first downs and make second and third down more manageable. With Lev Bell playing, second and third down become – so if you measure success on a down as being four yards on first down, half the distance to the goal, whatever's left on second down, and then third down in a manageable like two or fewer, and obviously converting back to a first down. When he's in the game, that's far easier for them. Those short yardage situations means you can take the, – the defense doesn't know what you're going to do. You can disguise your plays more. So that's where he makes a big difference, and he actually helps make Antonio Brown better. Well, I would say uh, 24-23 Steeler win, even with Lev Bell, is uh, is a darn upset. It's insane. <laughs> That's the way. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, I read into that. Just real quick, let's do something on the Browns side uh, in the addition of Tyrod or Tyrod Taylor and what that means for that offense. Tyrod Taylor is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch because he genuinely does not turn the ball over. His ability to not turn over the ball is probably the reason he's starting and is most certainly the reason that the Browns have a much bigger chance of winning in every single game this season. Just one stat for you. Last year, they had 28 interceptions as a team that led the league. Tyrod Taylor, four. That's it. I'd say that's a uh, considerable improvement. Yes, considerable a, uh, improvement. A, a plus 24, or I should say a minus 24 from your giveaway total is probably going to bode well for the quarterback position. All right, so Steelers at Browns. We get started out with a uh, a big contest there, of course, from Western Pennsylvania to Central slash Eastern Ohio, and you get a one-point contest at Bells in and a full-on upset. The Browns get their first win in over a year uh, in week one, and certainly the hard knocks effect is, uh, is certainly taking place I- out there in the Rust Belt. All right, let's shift to, uh, you know what, let's kind of keep it there in the Midwest. Bengals at Colts, so AFC North travels to AFC South, and what the math says. So my math has the Bengals coming out on top 24-21. This one is not highly certain. It only comes out in 51.5% of my simulations. I think that the Andrew Luck effect, and there is a big reason why Andrew Luck is really impacting how people view this game because he is absolutely elite in terms of scoring points, in terms of earning first downs, and he does it without a great supporting cast. And no offense to anyone who's been a supporting cast, but he's had subpar supporting casts in the past, and he has one presumably now as as well, especially his O-line is very questionable here. And on the other side, the Indianapolis Colts defense, their secondary is ranked number 32. That's last in my preseason rankings. So Dalton and Bill Lazor and all of those incredible offensive, I mean, look, since Bill Lazor took over last season, they throw the ball a ton. That's pretty much all you need to know there. And that's the weakness of the Colts. So Cincinnati comes out on top for me in this one. Well, and I, I know we can't uh, start Bill Lazor in our fantasy, uh, but we can <laughs> fantasy start, coaching. We can start Andy Luck, and I should say we can start. Uh, yes, we can start Andy Luck, but most importantly, we can start Andy Dalton because he very well could be available on a Certainly whole could. lot of fantasy leagues. So, would you stream him over a lot of maybe? elite, let's say, top 10 fantasy quarterbacks that may not have better matchups that we'll get to a little bit later. Uh, yeah, he actually ends up number 12 for me overall. So, okay. you know, so that's, right on that that's right on that cusp. And in, and honestly, if you have people, there's some weather, there's some serious weather concerns this week. So keep an eye out on that. Maybe pick Andy Dalton up, stash him on your bench. And if you're in one of those kind of windy potential cities, then you know what? Go ahead and play him. And I know we don't need to tell the people to play Joe Mixon. His uh, stock has risen. His ADP has gone through the roof since he was essentially anointed as the starter. Jeremy Hill uh, shipped away. So Joe Mixon, of course, a no-brainer to start right. against a Colts defense that is still 
in the process of being rebuilt. Okay, Colts, AFC South. We stay in the AFC South. Texans traveling to the Patriots. And, my gosh, you want to talk about fantasy, what Deshaun Watson was able to do against the New England Patriots when nobody figured that was possible. Yeah, I actually kind of have a different outcome in this one than I kind of expected remembering back on that game. But I have the Patriots coming out on top. That doesn't That's not super surprising. The score in my model that happens most often is 27-21, and the Patriots win in 62.9% of the simulations. For me, this one comes down to the Texans' defense. They hold the key to all of it. Romeo Cornell is back calling the defense, and obviously you get that one guy, you know, you've heard of him, J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless is back. <laughs> Their ability to rush the pass back basically they added Tyron Matthew and then the kind of sneaky upside guy they added was Aaron Colvin who really stout slot (laughs) defensive backs try saying that fast a whole bunch of times because I can't but ultimately Deshaun Watson won't need to keep up the ridiculous pace that he had last season he was on track for more than 40 touchdowns that's usually more than a season-long total for Aaron Rodgers even, right? So they're not going to need that pace with a more stout defense. So more stout defense, less overall points. And the other side of the ball, the Patriots also improved on defense. Dante Hightower's back. And Stephon Gilmore got better every game last season. Towards the end of the season, he was playing really good football. In the beginning, it looks a little confusing. And remember, I say this every year. This is kind of my like stupid thing that I hammer home. But the Patriots' preseason is really September. So we get to know who they are. In September, we don't know anything about them from the actual preseason. I'll tell you, the one thing um, that, and I don't know how your math accounts, or how your simulation, I should say, accounts for this, but the fact that that Texans defense is healthy. You've got Whitney Merceline, you've got Janabian Clowney, you've got J.J. Watt. Um, obviously, it's a solid secondary. I thought Kevin Johnson has been solid. Obviously, Jonathan Joseph's been great there, especially in look having a pass rush plays into that, right? When you have Watt and Merciless and Clowney all rushing, those cornerbacks can get a lot better. But, you know, getting rid of Nate Solder at that left tackle, replacing him with Trent Brown. And we're going to find out real quick, you know, when Tom Brady says, hey, I think I can play another five years. Okay, well, week one, you've got arguably, you know, when it comes to that rotation of those three guys that – you know, one of, if not the best pass rush going, if he's able to still move like he has, you know, just in those pocket, in that pocket, moving, you know, six inches to three feet at a time to elude a pass rush, especially without his trusty left tackle, Nate Solder, there anymore. It'll be interesting to, to see if, you know, he's still singing the same tune uh, if that offensive line is not what it's been the past few years. In terms of a, a runner, do you, do you remember what maybe popped as far as the Patriots runners go? Because that is always the ultimate Stay fantasy away. conundrum. <laughs> I feel like it's like it's like this like you flirt with it you want to like it you want to figure out the one you want to be like the genius that figures it out but in my opinion stay away I mean pick pick up Sony Michelle for later you'll figure out when they're going to use it you're going to figure out how to use it but stay this is not something I would just stay away I mean I think it's Rex Burkett I just don't know because he obviously had the knee injury and that he's still kind of overcoming that they bring in Jeremy Hill and we know that they've brought in backs before right Uh, whether it's Deion Lewis or I mean Corey Dillon I mean just go down that list and they can always they're little touchdown vultures. Yeah, they produce. <laughs> and if it's LeGarrette Blunt, I mean, mm-hmm. they just you, – you never quite know which guy it's going to be. I'm with you. I would just sit this one out. Any other fantasy pop uh, in this contest? Pick up Will Fuller and stash him. I'm not necessarily saying in this game, but in general, Will Fuller, stash him. Texans, okay. Will Fuller. Let's uh, go to the team that was in that AFC championship opposite, the Patriots, the Jaguars, and the Giants. A lot of folks excited about this one, obviously, because it's the debut of Saquon Barkley and also because the Jaguars – 
Kind of had that AFC championship thing in their pocket had they stayed a little bit aggressive. Just ask Doug Peterson about that. So what do we got? <laughs> so I have the Jags coming out on top 24-21. The Jags are winners in 65.6% of the simulations. That's an interesting one for me because I I guess when I like shut my eyes and thought about it, I was thinking about the return of the big play to the the Giants offense last year New York had the fewest big plays and they're totally rebuilding their line right Nate Solder's now there coming from the Patriots to there drafted Will Hernandez we're going to see what happens there they also got Saquon Barkley who those short passes are going to be a huge deal in terms of helping Eli Manning he likes getting rid of the ball quickly now he's got someone really who can break a bunch of tackles to do that for and of course there's Odell Beckham Jr. back so taking the top off the defense there is going to be interesting however taking the top off of the, the Jags defense that's a much different value proposition so for me in this one it's just the strength of the Jags defense that really solidifies this one as a win for the Jags for me and on the other side of the ball the Giants secondary is the question for me but the Jags aren't necessarily in a position to be passing a ton it doesn't seem like that was the game plan last year it seems like it's going to be a lot of Fournette and he could actually even be better with Andrew Norwell who's his new left guard so for me it's kind of in in my opinion, sort of a, a vanilla Jags offense against the, you know, uh, it's pretty much against the Jags defense for the Jags defense taking it over the top in this one. Yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, we saw what Pat Shermer's, I mean, pretty much everywhere Pat Shermer's gone, he's had great success with quarterbacks. And we know Eli needs that clean pocket. Um, and as you mentioned, you invest that high two, I mean, almost a one, and, and he was projected as a one by a lot of scouts. Will Hernandez, along with Nate Solder, invested all that money there to protect his blind side, and it is just hard to account for both a dominant receiver like Odell Beckham Jr. and someone that so many people think is the best back. You know, we always hear it, best back we've seen come into the league in some decade plus in Saquon Barkley and trying to decide where you're going to commit your resources. I guess the good thing for the Jags is you don't really have to worry about it when you can just throw either Jalen Ramsey or A.J. Boyer or uh, Miles Jack, or yeah, I feel mean, pretty good about it. On, there. Yeah, I mean, if you if you say, "Hey, Jalen, you got OBJ," you feel pretty good about that. Yeah, he's going to get burned a couple times, but he's not going to get burned all the time. Uh, so twenty, you have twenty four, twenty one there. You mentioned Fournette. Anything pop fantasy wise from the Giants side? It appears Evan Ingram has cleared concussion protocol, so that would make him a start for me. He's okay. playing. He's in. Let's go 49ers, Vikings. Okay, this one. Vikings in a very convincing win, 27-19. to 19. And the Vikings win this one in 70.9% of the simulations overall. Okay, that's uh, quite the lopsided. I mean, just having been through yeah. this with you last yes. year and knowing it what almost uh, never, numbers look like. It almost yeah, never. Nine points is a, is a giant blowout, or I should say eight points, is a blowout in your math. Yeah, it, and anything over 70, especially this early in the season, I mean, 70s rarely, if ever, happen. The first part of it is the loss of Jarek McKinnon. That is a huge problem for the Kyle Shanahan. The way he runs his offense, the type of zone blocking scheme he runs, it would it, it was lining up very well for Jarek McKinnon and his skill set coming from the Vikings, right? He was there last season. So the interesting part here for me is the the – we're going to have to see. They're going to have to take – Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to take some deep outside the number passes. And we hadn't seen very many of those in the preseason. We hadn't seen very many of those last season. That seems to me to be one of the places where there's a really big question mark. And obviously we have good – like this Vikings defense is very well-rounded. They're my number three defense 
versus the pass, and they're my number one run defense in terms of preseason rankings this season. So eh, that's a that's a really tough that's a really tough feat to overcome for especially without kind of the the sort of key to what has made Kyle Shanahan offenses work in the past. Well, and I know you know in terms of that pass rush, I mean everybody was kind of excited about Mike McGlinchey, and he's a Notre Dame guy and a captain and all American all that, but he looked like he had some rough sledding there. Uh, in the preseason, and while you have Joe Staley on the left side, I know Lake and Tomlinson, I mean, there's a reason why they got him from Detroit after he was taken the first round there. He's <laughs> maybe a little bit leaky, and, and McGlinch, he, he did not look good uh, necessarily. At least, I mean, he had some moments, but when you're talking about, like you said, your number one defense, uh, that's a big ask. Now, Breida did look good uh, last year before he got hurt. Uh, I think he was, you know, it kind of had that sort of Alfred Morris just kind of banging out four-plus yards per carry, um, not a lot of long runs, but at the same time efficient. And as you mentioned with that zone blocking, zone running scheme that Kyle Shanahan uses, what is it for Jimmy Garoppolo? It's play action, plant your back foot, go. And he's really good at that and really accurate at that. But in order for that to work, you got to have a runner that you believe in um, or that the defense believes is a threat. And I guess as you pointed out, and I'm just echoing sort of your sentiment, if the Vikings defense doesn't buy it, that makes life a lot tougher for Jimmy Garoppolo. And they have the best safety in the league in, in my preseason rankings for this, which clearly doesn't mean anything until games are played. But Harrison Smith, that whole, the middle, you know, that short passing running game, ugh, that's going to be a tough, that's going to be a really tough value for them. But I do need to talk about Mr. Kirk Cousins, who is obviously the prettiest penny in all of off season. For me, the interesting part about Cousins, so in this game, I'm going to see him pass against that secondary. I want to see if Richard Sherman's Richard Sherman-like or what's going on. I'm, I'm excited to see that. I'm also excited to see how Cousins fares because the O-line, that was the one, if the Vikings have a weakness right now, it's their O-line looks a little shaky on certain plays. I know it's preseason, but O-lines are a really big deal, especially when you have a guy like Cousins who has in the past, when he was in Washington, he threw more red zone interceptions and turnovers and cause more turnovers than than you would like for a quarterback. So considerably more considering the Vikings had none last season. Well, if you're listening to Game Theory and Money, chances are uh, you may be running your own company. If that's the case, remember hiring used to be hard and you get multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, and it can be the most confusing process. But guess what? They got matching technology over there at ZipRecruiter. That means you get your job that's available to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. They will scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience to apply as applications come in. ZipRecruiter analyzes each and every one, spotlights the top candidates for you. That way you never miss a great match. It's so effective, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That's a no-brainer, right? First day, time is money. How about one day? With results like that, that's why ZipRecruiter is the highest-rated hiring site in America. Right now, you can use ZipRecruiter for free. All you have to do is visit ZipRecruiter.com slash Game Theory. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y Game Theory. ZipRecruiter.com slash Game Theory. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Let's go to, uh, you just mentioned, and I have a cheat sheet. You said if you have anything over 70%, it's a it's a lopsided victory. So Buccaneers, Saints, what do you got there, Cynthia? Well, and another one that has a, a, a much bigger win margin than we typically see, the Saints are taking this one 28-14 in my model with a 71.4% confidence that the Saints will come out on top. <laughs> and I don't think that's Not even surprising. This, I don't think this that's. This to me was flagged by everyone as perhaps the, the most lopsided 
contest. So let's just, I mean, I think we know sort of, you know, what, what we're looking at, the offense, the, the improvements on defense for the Saints. They draft Marcus Davenport. He's going to be something special, even though he's very raw. But I, I know there's also concerns there with Tampa. Yeah, so Tampa's secondary, that one flags to be, I think, the third worst in my model, maybe second worst. It's kind of a tie between third and second worst. And the Saints don't need to do much because they're so balanced on offense. Alvin Kamara is my number one back for the entire week, and Drew Brees is also my number one pick at his position. So this one's kind of, I don't, I don't mean to like gloss over it. I don't mean to say it's boring, but you know, unfortunately, due to suspension and all these other things, like this one is not the marquee game this week in my hey. model. They can't all be great. So let's shift to the Titans and Dolphins. And, uh, boy, I did not expect to see this result here, uh, Cynthia. <sighs> this doesn't have a high confidence pick, right? So in 50.9% of simulations, the Dolphins come out on top. The probable score here is the Dolphins 24 and the Titans 21. I want to point out here the weather. It's supposed to be blazing hot there. If it's very hot and it's very humid – Teams tend to score fewer points. You ready? If it's very hot and it's very humid, teams tend to score fewer points. It's going to be hot other places too. So kind of keep that in mind as you're thinking about it. So the Titans are kind of what? Patriot South a little bit. And the defensive coordinator, Dean Pease. Trying to be. Yeah, right? Dean Pease, they even brought him over. He was most recently with the Ravens, but also a former Patriot system guy. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Dolphins can actually convert some third downs. They were the worst in the league at it last season, and now 32% of their target share, that'd be Jarvis Landry, is up in Cleveland. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Dolphins can switch their fate on third down. That's the biggest, that's the biggest flag in the model. Will Dean Pease get the best of Adam Gase yet again? That's an interesting one for me. And obviously, you know, you mentioned Jarvis Landry is gone, yep. uh, and we got a lot of new sort of a lot of new fantasy potential in this game on both sides yeah. of the ball because we didn't see Corey Davis last year. And <laughs> we've heard that there's been great chemistry between he and Marcus Mariota in practice, but we certainly did not see it in any of the games. I think three targets, zero rece- receptions uh, for Corey Davis with Marcus Mariota in there. Mariota is an interesting question mark for me. I'm, I mean, now that they're not playing, they're reportedly not playing exotic Smash Mouth. Not that we knew what that was before, anyways. But we're part of no more exotic Smash Mouth. Obviously, you know, you brought in Deion Lewis, and you have running back by committee potential here. Corey Davis has one of the best O lines that he's. Or, sorry, Corey Davis and Marcus Mariota get the protection of one of the best O lines in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see how influential this pass game is because we've kind of seen like you know the Titans do a lot of running back tricks and short passes and I still think Delaney Walker will be super impactful but remember the middle of the Dolphins defense got a lot better they had a really great pick came from Alabama those ones are usually end up being pretty good so I don't know if the middle of the if the Dolphins defense is going to be where they're the most susceptible this season anymore so that one that's one that's I'm going to be super interested to see how they run this offense so you got the Dolphins uh by three just quickly fantasy anything pop if you are in desperate need of a wide receiver or if you're looking for like just you know what let's let's see who's going to get potential target share here I think Amendola has more value than most people think I think he was available on a lot of waiver wires so Danny Amendola is one that I would pick up I think he's going to see a nice percentage of that of those targets Adam Gase has said such I I like me some Amendola. I got him in three of my four leagues. There's I got him in our one expert one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my fault. That's my, my, my fault for being greedy and waiting until the 12th <laughs> round to try to pick him up. All right, let's go Bills at Ravens. And I am surprised this isn't the most lopsided of, uh, of all the games, to be honest with you. So in 68.9% of my model, 
results, the Ravens win the game, and the likeliest score is that a word? I don't know. Is twenty four eight? Perfect. Is twenty four to eighteen? So you have, uh, and that's sixty eight point nine. Again, you said anything over seventy is like strong, strong confidence. This is close enough. Nathan Peterman enough. is going to be the starter. We saw him for one half last year. I got to see him in person. Lucky me, because he threw five interceptions. Uh, I think when that's the why you're like jaded by it, right? Maybe just a little bit. Maybe it's like, wow, so you're going to go with that guy that I saw for uh, <laughs> 30 minutes. And in those 30 minutes, he threw five interceptions. They kept uh, letting him, though. Like, in fairness, people don't usually throw five interceptions because they get taken no. out of the game. Yeah, after the third in the first half, <laughs> chances are you're like, well, we put this guy in for his first start against Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, uh, Casey Hayward, and the like. And maybe that was just a bad idea. Let's uh, Let's back this one up. But... Uh, he gets the start, and that Ravens defense, I've got to believe, is, you know, flags Nasty. in your model is something special. Very special. Very special defense on this one against the number 28 ranked O line. Okay. That seems like a pretty good matchup <laughs> if you want to start a row. And defense who are the wide fantasy. receivers for the Bills? Like, I, you know, I, I, it's very hard to see how the passing game is going to really get going in this one with the, the amount of pressures that are forecasted. So perhaps that's why Josh Allen isn't the starter. Give him a, probably not a good welcome to the NFL moment um, right there. But I also want to point out something about Joe Flacco. I know we've been talking a lot about the quarterback. What, who's going to be the quarterback there? Do they, they drafted Lamar Jackson for a reason. But Joe Flacco's the guy. They were very pass-heavy in 2016. They were very pass-light in 2017. They went and picked up John Brown and Michael Crabtree. Just the, the, Why did I say those two names? Because those are two that I like the most. They helped forecast a 13-spot increase from 29th passing offense last season. So to right about average. So I, yeah, that's I guess darn good. Yeah, it's a big it's a big increase, and we know that Joe Flacco can throw the ball a lot. It's not you know remember remember a year ago we would have said like Alex Smith never throws deep passes, and then he comes out guns blazing and passes for like six hundred and fifty five thousand yards against the Patriots. That's kind of how I feel like Flacco. The recency bias got to us, and we're like, oh, last year didn't seem to pass very often. But remember, in his past, he's a passer. He's a he's yeah, no doubt. And of course, they drafted those tight ends. Hayden Hurst hurt for a little bo- for a little while. That's a lot of H's. Hayden Hurst hurt, but uh, looking <laughs> forward to that on the way back. All right, let's uh, shift Cowboys at Panthers, and this might be one of the more exciting games of the week. Yeah, I, I have the Panthers coming out on top on this one, 24-21. In 59.7% of the simulations, the Panthers win. The interesting questions in this one. Okay, so the Cowboys' defense is the biggest red flag. They did draft Leighton Vander Esch to stop the run, to help stop the run. However, Cam rushing is not like a running back rushing. It's like something incredibly special. So that's going to be an area where Cam should have success. I don't know if they're going to rush him as much. It doesn't it didn't it looked like they were trying to get him to pass more often in the preseason, but I don't I don't I can't say that yet, right? Where I can't you can't factor that into the model yet. He's still the guy who leads the rushing out of the zone read beyond any other thing ever we've ever seen. Like so far ahead of any other quarterback we've ever seen. I can't imagine he completely abandons it. But the questions for the Panthers are and will be what's going on with their O-line? They're not healthy. They were during the preseason, they got pushed back. That's kind of how I measure passing and and rushing situations. They got pushed back a ton. It's going to be very hard for I mean, look, if you had another quarterback that wasn't Cam, this could be like, you know, five sack day, you know, now 
it's not that many sacks, but it, it, we do flag for, I think, three sacks in this model, which is a lot. But it would be more if it was someone other than Cam. Yeah, which means I'm guessing a, a heavy diet of Christian McCaffrey. And we've already heard that, yep. that they are planning on making him a full-service three-down back. He was effective running between the tackles at Stanford, and he was effective at parts of the time last year running between the tackles uh, in the NFL. They had C.J. Anderson as well. And you mentioned, I mean, it, it's not like – look. Matt Khalil was not great last year as a left tackle, but he's out, so now you're on to, to Taylor Moten. I don't know if that's any you better. Know he's or, from? He's from Okemos. Keep going. From that's where I'm from. Okemos, Okemos oh, Michigan, Okemos. my hometown. Keep going. <laughs> I was going to say, I, said he's from, I thought he was uh, – I don't even know where the heck he went to college. I mean, yeah. Probably somewhere in Michigan, yes. I would assume, if he's from Okemos. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's an upgrade or not based on how bad Matt Khalil seemed to play last year. But the Cowboys also, you know, what do you do with Zeke with, with Travis Frederick out? And, and how important he was to setting your line, you know, making your calls and, you know, what happens to – how important, I guess, what I'm asking is Travis Frederick, a center, to what the Cowboys do offensively as they build that offense around what Ezekiel Elliott is capable of. So that's what that's the trick right there. What Ezekiel Elliott is capable of. So Ezekiel Elliott, we did see him more of a rushing back and not as many pass catches. It's ridiculous to say not as many because he still had a ton, but not as many as like a, a David Johnson did in his most, you know, two years ago or two seasons ago. So what I'm what I'm looking for here is they're gonna have to redistribute some of the Jason Witten targets and those will go to Zeke and also even with Travis Frederick everything Travis Frederick gone and everything going on with that O-line they still rank number four in my model even like I Run block. He's just that good. I, yeah, I, I and that. it's. And I mean, it's plus you got to look what's around him, right? You, you got Tyron Smith. They just dropped Connor Williams, who was project. You know, there were some char- character concerns there, or else he would have gone in the first round. They right. get him in the second. Obviously, we know about Lael Collins and Zach Martin. So you got a ton of talent. Yeah, <laughs> they're around still that number center. four. Like I know it yeah. sounds crazy, but like, and because they're so high paid, and Zeke's such a such a special, interesting back. Like you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's the it just seems like a bigger deal than it's. And I'm not in any way minimizing Travis Frederick. I'm just saying that you know if. 80% of your line is still extremely elite. That's still better than, you know, everyone but three other lines. Yeah, if there's a line that can handle losing its, uh, its center and, you know, having a guy that calls protections, you know, gone for a little while, I'm sure they can adjust. Uh, and I got one talent. thing for you to watch when you're yeah, watching this game. One more. So look at the Panthers' offense on second downs because the Cowboys, so if you look at on second down, like leading to more like crappy third downs, so like if you measure as yards the opponent needs to get to third and three or less, the Cowboys had the worst second down defense in the league last season. I'm curious to see if they what happens here because Cam Newton, that's where he makes his hay. That's where he rushes most often is on second down, and that's where he completes ridiculous passes. I don't know if it's a function of, you know, it's it, the, the play calling blended with you know cam's innate ability but that's where they make their hair so watch cam on second down all right to our afternoon games and uh we've got five four of them as a matter of fact before we get to the sunday Ooh. nighter let's start with the uh, the early one 405 p.m eastern 105 p.m local time where it'll kick off the chiefs at chargers uh chiefs having knocked off the chargers eight consecutive times four years in a row they have defeated the Chargers, swept the Chargers in the division. Will it happen again this year? Okay, in a hot one, in a scorcher. It's supposed to be hot here on Sunday. The Chargers come out on top 28-24. This happens in 60.2% of the simulations. It's going to be hot. Did you hear me? It's going to be hot outside. So fewer points 
could be possible if it indeed is that hot humid it's never humid here so that's why i haven't changed the model yet but you know if it's like over 80 and 70 percent humidity make you know adjust the number that you think down right maybe 20 you know 24 23 something like that charters on top this one comes down to whether or not eric berry will will play to me very that's a huge deal especially with this secondary kendall fuller just came from washington we're a little uncertain how they will all fit together eric berry will come down to the wire i bet you we're going to be it's he's going to be the injury report on sunday that's that's what i'm thinking he's like one way or another him playing or him not um, that's going to be a huge difference maker because last season we saw Marcus Peters, the way he played, he kind of would cheat up there and it, he, he would take risks and it would either net them in an interception or without Eric Berry there, just a billion yards allowed against them. So we're going to see if the, if the Chiefs defense if they really are able to stop the run, they got Anthony Hitchens from Dallas. He should do that. They got Reggie Ragland. It does appear in preseason that they're going to be better at stopping the run. I'm just concerned about the pass. And you know who passes a lot? Philip Rivers. Chargers. Yeah. Philip Rivers, really, as it turns out. And especially because the middle of the O-line looks great. Like, Lamp is back. Pouncey, Feeney, they all look great. Derwin James will help stop the run a ton on defense. He's one of my very favorite like that was the, probably the best draft pick of the first round, in my opinion, for him to fall all the way to 22 was ridiculous. And of course you still have Casey Hayward. So that, that defense is tricky and against Patrick Mahomes, that's risky. So Patrick Mahomes is very boomer busty in this game for me. So he's going to either, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be like, it's going to, it's aired out to Tyree kill, or let's be a little bit more modern and try to rush first and establish a run. Let's go with probable Andy Reid special, you know, a little bit blend of each. Yeah, the you know you mentioned the strength and and just watching Pouncey in the preseason and the way he's able to move that is something they could not do last year uh, mm-hmm. without without Forrest Lamp it was kind of a, a rotation there at the at the guard spot and that was a weakness for them so if in fact it is going to be Forrest Lamp and he played a lot more in that fourth and final preseason game his first action than we would have expected but to have him in a rotation with Michael Schofield is going to help out a ton and help them try to run the, the, the ball more effectively between the tackles a lot of it were those swing passes or outside runs uh, if they can establish something in the middle uh, between the tackles and those A and B gaps that's going to help them a lot uh, Derwin you mentioned sliding to them at 17 is huge because he's going to be playing sorry, all over the, yeah it's whatever it was he, it was a lot it's later a really than it should have been picked, ago. is what you're saying. Um, <laughs> right. um, and that's, look, at the same time, you give Andy Reid a bye week, and he crushes you. You give mm-hmm. him an entire off season, and look right. what he did to the Patriots in week one. So I think that obviously is one of your big wild cards, and just what a great play caller he is. Absolutely. And finding that weakness in a defense and being able to exploit it. Do you want just quickly, uh, any just a fantasy or two? I mean, you're absolutely starting Keaton Allen. That's sure. a, a no, no joke. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think you could actually play Antonio Gates if you'd like to. Oh boy! If you're if you're desperate for a tight end, that okay. is one I would look to. We'll take it. Uh, Redskins at Cardinals. Sam Bradford in the desert. Yeah. Okay. I have the Redskins coming. <laughs> yeah. <on. laughs> okay. I have the Redskins coming. He's on. healthy. Look, when Sam's healthy, good things happen. He just can't stay healthy. Listen, Sam Bradford doesn't need me to say nice things about him because he has a lot of money. That will make him, he doesn't need to listen to he podcasts. Does. So he's fine. He's going to be fine even if I pick against him. And I am picking against him. I have Washington coming out on top 24-21 in this one. 53.3% of the simulations Redskins win. So I think it's interesting that it's such a, like, I think that this one, like, I, I've gone back and forth and it feels like half of people are picking one, half of people are picking the other one. For me, this felt like 
wait, the Redskins get there and like their defense gets back. Jonathan Allen is a huge difference maker. You cannot run. You you could not run last season on Washington when Jonathan Allen was playing. It's like a gigantic difference. So Jonathan Allen, and then they drafted really well. They're getting their middle linebacker back. The defense is what really makes this Washington pick something that I feel good about. And then, and then on the other side, I'm like, well, but there's also David Johnson who's going to be rushing against him, who is special. So that that is that is an interesting, that is a nice matchup to see and will probably decide the outcome of the game. But I need to give some love to my guy Alex Smith because his ability to not turn the ball over in the red zone, I talked about that with Kirk Cousins, that's the reason that they brought him to Washington. They want him to complete the drives and not turn the ball over zero red zone interceptions last season. Cousin had three, just so you know, the numbers. And then I honestly think Smith is underrated in this matchup. I would, he's like, I don't know how deep people's leagues are, but he's like 13, 14 for me. That's, that's high underrated in this matchup for sure. I, uh, I think we've kind of been, I haven't I haven't really spoken up too much because I think we've been in concert with just about everything uh, until and this now. This is where you're I like staffing. The, I like the Cardinals. I do. I and I, you know, I know we're going to do I some like picks a little bit later. I think the Cardinals are going to surprise some people, and, and obviously it is predicated on the health of a quarterback that can't stay healthy. So hey, he's healthy week one. I'm going to take him in week one. I love David Johnson. I love of course what Steve Kimes done with that offense yes. and. Built up the center, spending a bunch of money on Pew, and and you know you got you potty. You have first round picks all over that offensive line. Uh, bring in Andre Smith. I know he's a little bit older, but he's still a pretty darn good uh, right tackle. And then at left tackle, you got DJ Humphreys, a number one pick. So you have basically, actually, yeah, you do. You have number one picks all up and down. You know that line save the center. So with David Johnson, Larry Fitz has proven he is the ageless one. Um, at okay, home. but then then who after that? You going Christian Kirk? Because the I love problem, Christian Kirk, I love him too. I love and, him and too, what? but you that's have... the problem, right? Like if you have if you if you're able to stack the box against David Johnson and you're able to contain Larry Fitz because he typically r- runs in the slot, then what? Right? Who's taking the top off the defense? Well, you have J- JJ Nelson, who's arguably the fastest guy in the NFL. I mean, yeah, but so, but if if they don't like if he can't get I'm just open, if you want to send him, right? Right. You send you JJ. Send him, that's right. Take a safety with you. Now you've got Kirk, who's a solid route runner. Larry Fitz, who's arguably the best slot receiver, you know, one of the best slot receivers in the league since they moved him in there because he can block. And then you got David Johnson, who's healthy. Um, I just I'm, feel look, like it's a tight game. I just feel like, and I, I feel like I'm being really mean to Sam Bradford right now, but I don't mean you it are. like that. But I feel like Sam Bradford is best when he has a, a lot of shorter passing options to keep his, he likes that really high completion percentage. And that's, and you know what? I think that's what he's got, right? Just he quick slants with Larry and <laughs> he loves dump it. off slants. into the flat with, with David Johnson. Absolutely. So it sets up well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move to uh, Seahawks, Broncos. All right, so the Broncos come on out on top, twenty three, twenty one, and that's irrespective of. So in fifty four point eight percent of the simulations, the Broncos win. The score is a little tricky because Earl Thomas did report. I don't know if he's going to be playing a lot or a little or whatever. KJ Wright is out. There's a completely remade defense. It's going to be really different to see. I'm really actually, I'm curious to see how Pete Carroll and this defensive front like work. This is one that I'm going to be tracking, double tracking, triple tracking, because Pete Carroll is, he's known for being able to make kind of stars out of players that people are confused by on defense. So, you know, I'm not going to, count them out for the rest of the season but I do think in this matchup I I, I don't this is not one I'm I, this is one to track not one where I think helps them win games does that make sense 
It does. And, and I, I mean, the first thing that jumps out at me, and I mean, I watched the right side of that line get absolutely destroyed by the Chargers. Granted, it was a preseason game, but I mean, Jermaine Effetti, DJ Fluker, they had zero chance against yeah. Melvin Ingram. Oh, and by the way, here's Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. So uh, good luck with that. And and I just, to me, that is weakness versus extreme absolutely. strength of absolutely. the Broncos. And, and yeah. abs- I mean, look, the Broncos defense will win them games kind of almost regardless of who's at quarterback, right? If they had a different defense last season, they, I mean, they could have won. They could have been looking more like, you know, closer to the Browns than anything else. So their defense wins them games and pads their win total for sure for the season. Absolutely. And Wilson lost his number one, Russell Wilson lost his number one red zone target in Jimmy Graham. He had 10 touchdowns last season, the red zone that led the league. So there's a lot of question marks in this one. And, and, the strength of the Broncos versus, you know, I mean, look, Russell Wilson himself is worth a ton of wins, but it, it's a it's a really tough yeah. matchup for sure. Um, and if they had any semblance of a defensive line instead of all these guys being gone, I mean, I know Frank Clark's pretty good at rushing the passer, but, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's okay. That's what I'm I mean, telling he, you. Like, I'm curious to see, like, yeah. you know, I, I'm just going to see how they – because it's going to be exotic fronts, right? It's not going to be some normal stuff. It's going to be, like, a lot of interesting things that I'm going to have to ask, like, 15 people to teach me about next week. But I, I love that. That's my favorite part of my job. So, Seahawks, Broncos, 23-21. You got Broncos, but only 54.8%. How do you feel about Royce, by the way? Uh, I, look, I loved him at Oregon. He's a lot bigger than people think. He is a huge – I think you just think of sort of those – I mean, it's hard to, to, to pigeonhole Oregon backs, right? I mean, you've mm-hmm. got uh, LaMichael James, who's not big but super fast, but then you've got LeGarrette Blunt, who's just this giant hammer. I mean, Royce Freeman is a full-service, just big bucket of nasty. I mean, that dude is big. He is fast. Throwback Jonathan elusive. Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's something special. So I I absolutely love him. My concern with Denver is a offensive line, b Case Keenum if he didn't have a clean pocket. So you know, but but in this game, just speaking to Week One, we'll get to this maybe next week. Um, with this defensive pressure that they, I think they're going to have a lack of with you know kind of this new configured defensive line in Seattle. I don't think it's a big issue. So I'm with you. And I'm playing the, Emmanuel uh, Sanders. By the way, the that's mine. I like Emmanuel oh, yeah. over Royce even if I could only um, pick one. Yeah, I would take Manny over Demarius Thomas. I do think Royce Freeman does some damage, though. I'm big, yeah, I, I mean, big fan. If let's I can get only to have the one uh, let's get to the Sunday nighter, oh, the uh, the longest, most storied rivalry, and all of professional football goes back to the Green Bay Meat Packers and the Chicago Staleys, uh, and it is now known as the Bears at the Packers, and it's our Sunday night football contest. And hey, Aaron Rodgers is what he's supposed to be—the highest paid player. In the National Football League. I think you might be underpaid. I could make a huge argument I'm with for you. that. <laughs> I am absolutely with you. <laughs> so I have the Packers coming out on top 27-21 in this one. In 68.8% of the simulations, the Packers win. And the really big thing here that's – honestly, it's just Rodgers. Last season, with and without him, it's 7.8 points per game different. And I, it's, I just – put that in there not to say it's the same it's as last monster. year or anything. that's ridiculous usually it's like it, it nets out over the course of the season especially when your team becomes less competitive not able to you know they were sort of making a playoff push but not really that number goes down to like 3.8 or 4 points per game this is almost you know a touchdown and a two points right like it's it, going for two so that's kind of a that's an interesting one and you know we all talk about oh but their rushing game is such a question they run at empties a lot and those questions will get answered with you know short passes and Aaron Rodgers like puts it together and the way he can read and adjust to defenses has limited the impact that the questions in their run game has you know have have 
presented in the past. And obviously I told you Jimmy Graham, that red zone target, that's that's kind of like a – that's going to be a fun one to watch, I think. And Devontae I think Adams, the most, everyone's already on that. Yeah, I mean, one of the more underrated uh, acquisitions of the offseason is – one of the best blocking tight ends in the league who can also catch red zone touchdown passes, Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. And the fact that you add him when you're running, you know, 22 or 12 and you have those two tight end sets and Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones, when he comes back, I, I think people are overlooking that, that you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets with Mercedes blocking with runners running. And then you work that play action with Jimmy Graham as kind of your, you know, your hybrid. That's going to be devastating offensively mm-hmm. if Mercedes is still as effective blocking as you know he has been in the past another one of those ageless guys that just doesn't seem to have any fall off and I'm anxious to see it in this one because they're probably gonna have to call on him a lot with the addition of Khalil Mack uh, and obviously Leonard Floyd because the Bears do have quite a few pass rushers the Bears defense was underrated before and then they picked up Khalil Mack and now they're ridiculous so I mean this to me like they I had their defense like they were in the top 10 before they picked up Khalil Mack. And then I, I just was, I was surprised that people weren't more, I don't want to say respectful, but like they, they kind of didn't look at the overall picture, right? They saw offense and they're like, oh, this isn't as exciting. And they didn't realize like how good the defense was. I don't know. Yeah, they and, weren't a great team last year. So it's kind of when you, when you, you just assume the whole team isn't good. But defensively, right. they were, you know, Vic Fangio has kind of built this in the image of what top, he likes. That, fourth that three, best four with those touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. But I, th- I think you're totally right in this one about Mercedes Lewis because ultimately, I don't, the, the Packers O line is average. I, I hate saying that about anyone. It sounds terrible, but they're average. And Aaron Rodgers makes them look exceptional and then adding Mercedes Lewis will help to combat when you have this edge rusher that's just going to try to you know crush you every single time so that that was an interesting that was an interesting kind of factor and fold in this is like how that blocking tight end is going to help them especially in this matchup because I'm not going to say the wide receiver set settled the target share even if we see something this week it's going to be different next week it's going to be different the following week so that target share for their wideouts like everyone's really high on Devontae Adams and I'm a I'm a little less bullish than than most people just because I want to see where the chemistry develops yeah, and I uh, did manage to pick up Geronimo Allison in a couple Geronimo. of my leagues. All right, let's go to the Monday Nighters. Jets, Lions, Rams, Raiders. Let's start Ugh. Jets, Lions in Detroit. Ugh. Okay, so Ugh. I know. Um, I have the Lions winning this game 24-20. to 20. In 65.1% of simulations, the Lions come out on top. I think that this is going to be – I think people are just kind of like writing the Lions in because they're like, oh, Sam Darnold starting, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're right, but – the Lions have the worst statistical run game since 2014. Stafford has had to be top five in pa- like passes like that are targeted to his receivers, like perfectly on target. So he's he's great, and he's been targeting them. But that's not necessarily a formula for sustained success. Yes, you should take Golden Tate in fantasy. Yes, you should say take Marvin Jones Jr. in fantasy. But like when it comes to reality, you need that balance. So I'm very interested to see – 
what happens in this one from the run game perspective. I'm really monitoring that. Will the will the Matt Patricia kind of influence Patriot Way be this committee? And do we see LeGarrette Blunt be this impactful goal line back or whatever it is? Or like how does that how does that all net out, especially considering one of the Jets' strengths or their safety play? So like how does how does this all work together? I think the Jets find a way to keep it close, very close. And yes, it is Darnold's first start. And yes, he did have a lot of turnovers in college and yes there are a lot of questions at running back and and the Lions allowed the most points per game last season for any team with a winning record I get it so Darnold's turnovers their question like I I understand all of these things right but the Lions were also last season 24th in pressures which is not great and I'm not sure how they've improved in that capacity in so even though this Jets O-line looks leaky I don't know if the Lions are able to capitalize on that yeah, I'll be interested to see if they can run the ball and and and, and if they can throw it. You know, it, it, look, he's thrown it well. You know, his entire career. But the fact that they he's a great thrower. Side, yeah, I right. Mean, it, look, they and they invest and they know that. That's why they invested on the left side of that totally. line with two ones in the last three years. Uh, and you mentioned Matt Stafford. I mean, you already went through the fantasy Stafford, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. If you ask mm-hmm. me, which back do I want? I know everyone's excited about Carryon Johnson, and if you watch him at Auburn, he is. Uh, there is reason to be excited. I just love Legarrette Blunt. Get close, and you finally have a hammer. You yep. got a guy that if you're inside, and that was kind of what was the downfall of the Lions in so many of their games is they'd get in the red zone um, or in the extreme red zone, right, and, and have you know a goal-to-go situation, and there's nothing they could do with it. But now that you actually have you know, a back that can lower a shoulder if you can get the interior of that line to open something up, and you know that's something Ragnall was asked to do all the time at Arkansas, <laughs> that – that could really – I think it can be a dramatic change for this team moving forward if so. they can actually have the threat of play action or a legitimate run threat in, like I said, in the goal-to-go situations. If you want to go from good to great, that's fantastic. But how about going from great to unstoppable and maximizing your potential? You know what the value is in networking with other ambitious professionals. It opens all kinds of doors. If you're into this, invest in yourself. Buy a ticket right now to Relentless MV, a unique event. It's out of Martha's Vineyard, September 28th through the 30th. you got David Goggins out there, the ultra runner, the former Navy SEAL. you got Tim Grover out there, trainer to the stars, the Iron Cowboy. Their speakers are all going to share tips, tricks, experiences to help you become unstoppable yourself. The event being held at Lambert's Cove Inn, beautifully restored farmhouse from the 1700s, nestled in the woods out there, a bunch of fun, and more importantly, a great investment in yourself and your future. Both weekend and day passes are available, and because you listen to the Game Theory podcast, how about getting that special deal? You use the promo code Game Theory, and you get five hundred bucks off. RelentlessMV.com. Game Theory is the promo code. Again, that's RelentlessMV.com. Promo code Game Theory. But by now, limited tickets are available, and they're going fast. All right, let's go Rams, Raiders, and well, you mentioned the benefit of the Bears uh, acquiring Bears. Khalil Mack. Certainly a giant loss for a Raiders team that when you look at the roster, you're just like, huh? What? What What, what do we got here? Yeah, so uh, Rams win this one 27, or sorry, 28 to 17, and they win in 70.7% of the simulations. Well, that's a big number. Yeah, that's a, that's a very big number. I'm curious to see how the Raiders offensive playbook opens up this season. Last year, they really condensed it and they were not, they had the diversity of looks went out the door when their OC went out the door. That should change with Gruden. There should be a lot of different looks, a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting new things for, you know, 
for Derek Carr to show us. Jordy Nelson's going to be an interesting weapon. Is Amari Cooper going to be able to cure his drops? You know, there's a lot of things on this offense to be excited about. But the problem is the defense, and especially the secondary. They're 31st ranked, so they're tied for second worst ranked secondary in my preseason model. I don't know how they're going to overcome the offensive juggernaut that's the Rams without a pass rush that seems to be, you know, we're going to have to see what it looks like, and then a secondary that we're going to have to see what it looks like that's being positive. So that, Their that's middle linebacker is 35. Listen, Derek nothing, Johnson was old three years ago. There's nothing wrong with being 35, Money. He was old three years ago. <laughs> and he's, I mean, it's, it, is, it is the oldest team that we have seen fielded on an opening day in like four decades. I mean, it's crazy. I kind of can't keep track of who's on their team anymore either. It is On, uh, off, I'm, suspended, off, on, off. Yeah. I don't know. Where are you? Dropped there, traded, gone, whatever, everything. You mentioned the uh, the secondary, and you're like, I don't know. Yeah, who knows what to expect? I mean, Carl yeah. Joseph, Joseph missed a year. Gary Conley missed a year. You've got Literally, Marcus Joseph Gilchrist. and Conley's uh, upside is what's keeping them from being 32nd. Yeah, it's uh, it's – it looks like you know I, he can't say it when he meant you know when he took to the lectern to discuss the Khalil Mack trade. He just knows he's got to rebuild. Like, hey man, I got handed a roster that had a lot wrong with it, and it's going to take a while. So why throw eighty million dollars at a guy for the first four years when I know it might take me three years to get this thing restocked and ready to go when we move to Las Vegas into that brand new stadium? That's not something he can do. I agree with the trade, heck no. And I know that's not a discussion for this podcast, but. I think if he could get away with saying what he wanted to or what would be truthful, it's this roster's got a lot of problems, and it's going to take us a little bit. It's going to take us a minute here to get this thing right. So Listen, we started this pod off with him insulting analytics. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so why you not know insult what? him back? I'm going to insult him back, and I'm going to actually say we this pod right here is where we're going to call for him to actually make good on that promise that if he doesn't win, that he's going to pay his salary back. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, that'll go over well. I, Let's see I, that happen. I'm sure his listen, agent will my, get behind that too. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm gonna make him come on this pod. I'm, I'll figure it out. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make him come on this pod. We're gonna do it. I'm gonna like pull I saw my you old... rolling around with him at the combine. You're friends yeah, with Gruden. I am friends with Gruden, but he, he'll come on here and he'll he'll like he's not afraid to rip me. So we'll it'll be good. It'll be great. But I'm not afraid. Well, to I rip was you. sitting with school teachers. Yep. You know, at the underprivileged school. That's who I was having dinner with. You were having dinner with Gruden. <laughs> That's the way it works in Indianapolis. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go to the Thursday nighter. This is, uh, you know, just just for those of you that stuck snack. around all if you the way. Stick around, you get a little, you, you get a little insight. You, you download this the second it becomes available, and hey, you got yourself a little Thursday night football preview. Super Bowl champs, Eagles, uh, celebrating the first ever Super Bowl championship in that franchise's history by welcoming in a Falcons team that darn near knocked them off. Had a, a goal to go situation that would have knocked them off and uh, seen Atlanta in the Super Bowl taken on the Patriots. So uh, what do we have in this rematch? I have the Eagles coming out on top 24 to 23. Tightly Ooh, contested tight. match. 54.6% of the simulations give it to the Eagles. It's shocking a little bit. Battle of the trenches for this one. Foles passer rating went under pressure. And no, I didn't. it's not preseason stats. It's about 40 points lower, which is about double the average top 16 quarterback. Left That's tackle. Bad. What's that? I said, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. Left tackle Jason Peters is back, but he has to face Tack McKinley, who had who Tack McKinley, their first round their first round pick last year. 
He came on strong in the last game, the last games of the season. Four sacks in the last seven regular season games and a sack in each of the playoff games. That's a matchup to watch because Jason Peters is returning from injury. He's an all-pro, I think, three times. Don't quote me on that, but whatever. And then Vic Beasley to bookend the other side for those pressures. That's an interesting. Their pass rush is one to watch, but it's reasonable to think the RPOs are still going to be a big part of the game plan for Philadelphia's offense, even without, you know, without Alshon Jeffrey. It's it's going to be interesting to see because Atlanta's swarmy defense that that's they, that's how they run. It's kind of like Seattle. That's going to be an interesting way to. It's going to be interesting to see how it comes together. A lot of zerts, I think, is is kind of the it would I would project the game plan to be. Uh, we I disagree with you on this one as well. And it, and Love it's it. look, you've got twenty four twenty three whatever. I've Huge disagreement. 20, exactly. So <laughs> massive. I like the Falcons. Uh, I do. I, I liked them last year at the yeah. start of the playoffs. They were my Super Bowl pick, um, and they darn near made it happen, even though they were a wild card going on the road. But um, I like them this year, and it's just it's a solid roster, top to bottom. Absolutely. I mean, Matt Ryan's a pro. They've got two backs, not one. They've got an yeah, elite but the wide Eagles, receiver. The Eagles were number one against the run last season, and I do they think that they keep that up this year. Yeah, they are fantastic. That and, and, and interestingly enough, in this game, it is strength versus weakness. I, I think you would say that you know the the right side of that line is is where you can make some hay uh, on the Falcons, and when you've got mm-hmm. a disruptive force on the interior of that line like Fletcher Cox, you can get away with a whole lot on the edges, and it's not like rolling with Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett, who we saw it in just flashes last year as a rookie, and you're going to see it full time this year. Yeah, that is that is a nasty plus Michael Bennett. Yeah, plus Michael Bennett, plus Haloti Nada. I mean, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, they're, no, they're pretty stacked. They're very stacked. Yeah, wow, maybe I'm rethinking this now. No, ah, but I do th- I think it's going to be a really great game to watch. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't think this is going to be a boring lopsided one. That's for All sure. All right, so you go Eagles, I go Falcons. We only disagree on that. I take the Cardinals, and you take the Redskins. How about uh, confidence you're taking picks? The, wait, you're taking Miami and not, t- and not Tennessee? Oh, no, I'm taking Tennessee. Okay. There you go. Right, so we go, we, uh, we go opposite in three of them. I'm glad. There you I'm go. glad. We can't be All the right. same on everything. Boom. We got three that we can recap <laughs> next week and figure out who's better. Who's the best? All right. Confidence picks. Yep. Three. After all that math, Cynthia, give me three that you feel the best about. My model loves there to be fewer than you think points scored in the Rams and Raiders matchup. My model loves the Viking to scores the Vikings to score a ton of points against the Niners. And you know what? I think more points than you might imagine are going to be scored in Buffalo and Baltimore. Well, when you throw five interceptions at the quarterback position to the wrong team, I didn't say I didn't score. say who was scoring them. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> it said, that matter overall, who's there's going to be more offense than you points. might think. Yes, exactly. And certainly, uh, that that can come into play. All right, so you like uh, and the by the Baltimore. way, I like Washington to win. You want Cardinals too, right? Oh yeah, you said that already. That's yeah. our, okay. So we're only three Cardinals, different. Titans, Falcons is okay. where we. That's differ. where we're different. Okay, got it. Uh, all right, now let's go just quickly. Let's bang through them, and we can maybe yep. explain why on another pod because we've already gone long. We're just excited to be back. What we the heck? Love being Everybody's back. waited so long. It was an yes. entire season, uh, off season off. So we're back for week one. Yeah, we went a little long, and I got a little wind in my jaws, which I probably need to lay out more and just let <laughs> Cynthia do no. her thing because who cares what I think? Everyone. Uh, your division winners. Okay, so the AFC is far less. There's a lot at the top, and you know it's it's very once you get past the top three, it's kind of. It's not a great prognosis for people. It's after that, right? So Patriots, Steelers, Jags, Kansas City are my division winners. And okay. then I have the Chadges and the Texans as the wild cards. Okay. 
AF or NFC is significantly more tricky to navigate. One game in the NFC means a heck of a lot more than one game in the AFC, just so you know. So winning one, you can't drop any in the NFC. You can probably drop one in the AFC. I have the Eagles, Packers, Saints, and Rams. Wild card, Vikings and Giants. Okay. Did you hear that one? Giants. I, I heard that, Giants. And it's that like is a, uh... a teeny-weeny smidge out are the Bears. Oh, really? Yeah. Got the Bears making that big yeah. jump. Mm-hmm. And your Super Bowl? Are you ready for it? Kansas City and the Saints. Yep, you heard me. Kansas That's City. That's just crazy. Nope. That's just crazy. Nope. That's it's crazy. not crazy. All that right, so crazy. here's here's the kind of very quick that version. That's crazy. That Kansas City boring. defense you think can take them to a uh-huh. – uh, that's crazy, uh-huh. Cynthia. It's boomer bust. Look, I'm not picking boring here. I'm not going safe. I'm going boomer bust. Well, I'm you're taking, going with your math. I am. and your and you got to set Kansas City. Listen, you know why you buy tech stocks? Because you want the upside. You could get burnt. That's how this works. But you don't make the big bucks in the stock market. If you don't, if you go, if you stay with like automotive stocks, you got to go with the tech sector. Got to go where there's volatility. And the Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs have the most volatility in my model. This means Patrick Mahomes could just light it up. We could see the most electric offense. Look at those weapons: Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt. I'm gonna keep. You know, it's it's. Yeah. It's I'll a, tell you what Kansas City wealth. is, and, and I can speak to this from experience. Kansas City is a stock called Iden, and it ruined many a life. <laughs> it was projected <laughs> to do great things, and I'll never forget I, I was in a bar. Like I'm not kidding. I was in a bar in Santa Monica, and a guy rolled in with an Iden hat on, ID, and I said, is that what I think it is? Is that is that the stock symbol, Iden? He said, yeah, dude. I got in, and I got out right before the bottom came nice. out, and I made a bu- – he literally was wearing a hat around uh, of that, and it's not tra- – I don't think it's traded anymore, so I don't need to – I don't think I find my myself in any trouble uh yeah see I disagree with you I have got uh, division winners Pats I'm going Ravens I do like the Jaguars and I think the Chargers uh run away Homer. with the AFC West even though I shouldn't have to pick that um and my uh my wild cards are the Steelers and the Texans so I don't even have Kansas City in the playoffs Ooh, um let alone spicy. in the Super Bowl yes uh, that's because so- you're sca- most scared of them you're not scared of the Raiders you're you're not scared of you know what's Keenum. funny like everybody's pointing out the Pat Mahomes thing like that to me isn't even it I just look at that defense and I'm like you know what man ask Reggie is... Ragland ask Anthony Hitchens they're gonna be able to stop the run if you can help we'll stop the run and you get rid of that gambling it, you don't have the gambling secondary. corner anymore I, all right I'm gonna they say got one pass rusher and a suspect secondary listen That's if Eric Berry's not there then I'm gonna pick a different Super Bowl pick because that's different you need a, you need that all pro yeah, safety I just don't see you know and and look maybe Kyle Fuller's going to be able to replace Marcus Peters. Maybe they he, saw something, and that's listen, why they asked him back. I'm telling you. But, I'm telling you Kendall Fuller right. is legit. Well, Kendall Fuller, I agree, is legit. Ky- is it Kendall or Kyle who's in Kansas City? I can't remember. They're, I believe I believe in Kansas City it's – it's. oh, you're right. It's Kendall. Yeah, Kyle is in Chicago. So my yeah, mistake. Kendall. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, no, um, it's good. Yeah, I'm so telling Kendall you. Kendall Fuller can, can fill in. I'm going to – so there's my, uh, my AFC, the NFC, obviously. I think the NFC, kind of everybody's, for the most part – in concert, uh, I feel like I don't want to pick any the Eagles or the Saints now. I mean, I, I got to do what the math says, but I feel like I, I go I Eagles, be uh, Vikings, Saints, okay. and Rams, and then my wild cards. Uh, I'm going to take the the Packers, and I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals. Oh no, I'm not. I'm taking the uh, the Falcons, of course. Okay, I was going to Falcons. There I was going to have to like. Yeah, that was weird. Falcons, Saints, <laughs> Rams, Packers, Vikings, and Eagles. Okay, uh, who's your so Super Bowl you then? 
I don't want to talk about this. You have to pick a Super Bowl. I don't know who's going to. I don't. I don't. I can't. I can't because obviously, if I don't take the Chargers, then I'm a jerk, right? Okay, and so it's if Chargers. I do take the Chargers. Fine, then, then I'm just a pick homer. on the NFC. I'll pick the. I will pick the Falcons to go in the NFC. Okay. All right. I mean, right. that's entirely oh, you know what? I plausible. can't do that because then it would be a hometown Super Bowl, and there's never a hometown Super Bowl. So you have the Saints. I can't do that. Uh, I'll take the Packers. Okay. You back the pack. I'll take the Packers All as right. a wild card, no less, because I think I took the Vikings to win the division. So I there think you, you go. did too. All right. All okay. Right. I can get behind that. that. I love it. Well, that was fun. Nice little bit of a disagreement at the end because you took the, the Kansas City Chiefs to make the Super Bowl. And by the way, if that happens, Cynthia – you will be uh, hailed combine, as a Combine, you are going hero. to – listen, if that happens at the Combine, you're going to – I get like two dinners or something. Uh, you kidding me? If that happens, we're going to Kansas City to do this <laughs> podcast <laughs> so people can buy us a boatload of Kansas City barbecue. That's and Coke industry stocks because isn't that huge there? <laughs> oh, the Coke brothers. Yeah, that's – that's exactly right. We'll go to the Jazz Museum. We'll go to the WW1 Museum, and we'll eat a just a – I was about to say something else. Uh, a boatload. A lot of mm-hmm. Kansas City uh, barbecue. Yum. Well, thank you, everyone, for, uh, for joining us again, for listening to us and downloading us as much as you did last year because that's the only reason why we came back, uh, because we were able to build an audience, sustain an audience, and, again, our apologies for this one being a little bit long. I promise I will be uh, less – flapping my gums and full of wind than I was today. I was just awfully excited to get back at it. And definitely Cynthia. play along with us. when We we love it. Like, if you want right. to play along with us on Twitter, we're there. We, we're here for it. That's right. And Cynthia will give you expanded uh, sort of previews of all of these games. So follow her on Twitter. Look at the columns on NFL.com because that's where you get a little bit more of a broad view of uh, what we're just kind of giving you the thumbnail of what's happening. I guess I should say a detailed view, not a broad view. We're giving you the broad here. You get detail when you go to the .com and when you follow Cynthia on Twitter. So, again, thank you, and a big thank you to Shoppy, our man, who is uh, producing with us these days uh, as our old producer decided to leave us in the dust. So whatever He left us in the dust for a baby. May he choke on an IPA in San Diego. That's what I say to him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, thank you for downloading, streaming, listening, and for passing the word along because we are still growing, but we're growing enough that we made it back for a second season. So we cannot thank you enough for thank that. You. Cynthia, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Glad to be back. Looking forward to it again next week where I can puff my chest out and uh, remind you that I was right on all three of the games we disagreed on. 